0: Talk to God like he's Tracy Willingham. The word of the Lord. Well, we're talking about prayer and uh, we're talking about what is this thing that we do when we bow our heads and we, we, we close our eyes and we connect with the God of the universe. How does that work and, and why? And, and, and so we're going to explore that a little bit so we can become better prayers. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you. I hope you get a feeling of what uh, we are doing here, how much we love God and we love what's happening here. Uh, we also want to welcome those who are on podcast, who are listening today. Welcome to this. Uh, we particularly want to welcome uh, Steve, who is listening to this podcast in Southern California on a, uh, because he works in a boys' prison on the weekend, so he can't make it to church. So this is a, an outreach to a lot of people. So, uh, by the way, do you have a lot of Halloween candy in your house? Uh, we have a lot, and we, want, we got some emails this last week. What should we do with our Halloween candy? So we want to help you out here. Uh, here's 10 things you can do. Number 10, just eat it. Uh, <laughs> Number nine, give it to your family members. Number eight, give it take it to work. Number seven, offer it to house guests. Number six, melt down into fondue. I've Gotta say that that looks disgusting. Um, number five, make candy action figures. That looks kind of fun. You can eat them. Number four, throw mini parades. That's cute. Number three, perform science experiments. Number two, tape it to homework. And number one, I like this one. Use it as a as rodent bait. I didn't know you could do that, so you learned something. So we're talking about prayer, and we're talking about what this thing is. When we pray, we actually connect with the God of the universe. Now, if we were going to try to be a, a great painter, we would want to study the greatest paintings in the world. We want to look at Van Gogh, right? We want to see how uh, Starry Starry Night was made with just the right amount of light and color. If we were trying to uh, become a, you know, a great football player, you'd, you'd want to study like Amit Smith, right, who, who could just like... Work his way through traffic like nobody 's business we 're going to study jesus 's prayer. We looked at the first seven words last week and we 're going to look at the next fourteen words uh, this today. Now this is a very, very meaty message it 's uh, full of theology, and we 're going to talk about how that works into prayer again isn 't it kind of weird that we would bow our heads and that this somehow we would connect with with this creator of all things? This pastor was out golfing with his uh, some kid the other day, and this kid and the pastor were out. And the kid said to the uh, pastor said to the kid, "Well, what are you going to use on this hole?" And he said, "I'm going to use an eight iron." And uh, and then the kid asked the pastor, and the pastor said, "I'm going to use a seven iron, and I'm going to pray a little bit." So the kid hit the ball perfectly; it just went right up onto the green and right next to the hole. And then uh, the pastor hit the ball and he topped it because he did this with his knees and he wasn't looking down at the ball. And and the kid said afterwards, now, pastor, I don't know what they teach you in your church, but in my church, they say, you got to bow your head when you pray. That's a golf joke, so it's not that funny. All right. We don't have to bow our heads, but we do have to do certain things. And we looked last week at the certain things that we should do. And the the first thing that we looked at is we should talk to God as if God is a person that we know, a father. We unpacked that a little bit. But we said that the word father is an earthly father, but it's a heavenly father that we're praying to. Somebody who's higher than we are. So it's a father who is in heaven. He can see your life. He can see all the dynamics and all the ups and the downs and all the difficulties. And he knows where you should be going next. He can see that. And his name is holy. His name is holy. And holiness is the connection between high and low. And we come from the low place and God comes from the high place. So let's look at the second 14 words of this prayer. It's very meaty. But we begin with Jesus teaching us about prayer. This comes to us from the book of Matthew There are two times the book, the prayer comes up in the Bible. This is the prayer from Matthew at the end of Jesus' sermon. So Jesus gives kind of a little message about prayer, and he says this. Now, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. The Greek word for hypocrites is hypocrites. It's a Greek word, Hippocrates. It literally means two faces. Um, So when you pray, don't have two faces, that's kind of a funny thing to say. But really what he wants us to know is that we should only pray with one face to God. People who have two faces, like in Greek tragedy, they, they say one thing to one person and one thing to the other. They want other people to see them. But only pray with one face, Anupocrates. For they, he says, people who are hypocrites, who are fakes, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and the street corners to, seen, to be seen by men. They're really praying for other people to see them. People do this too today all kinds of ways. People often uh, carry Bibles that don't really read them. Uh, people often wear crosses they don't really, they kind of know what it means, but they're trying to project a religious image in their workplace. Uh, people go to establishment churches all the time. They're looking for, they want to go to the cool church, and they want people to know that they're religious. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. Just do that for God. Just, just do what you do for God and not for other people. He says, tell you the truth, those people who do it for other people are really getting their full reward. They've got what they want. So people pass him and go, wow, he's religious. That's all you get. That's not much. But if you pray to the Father, you actually get much more. And he continues. Now, when you pray, go into your uh, room and close the door and pray just to your Father. This is actually a really powerful point. Jesus always prays by himself. Did he notice that? He's always saying to the disciples, now you 12 you go fishing, I'm going to go up to the mountain. Or remember that one time where Jesus walked on the water? Remember, he came out of nowhere in the middle of the night. He'd been praying, and so he had to get to the boat. So Jesus walked on the water to get to the boat. Um, So Jesus always says, even the last second of the last night of his life, he said to the disciples, now you guys stay awake over here and you pray, and I'm going over here to pray. We should do the same. And I think this is actually a deep theological point in our lives. All the important things in our lives— Happen with just us. All, almost all of the important things, it's just us. If you wanted to be a great skier, Bodie Miller, great skier, they asked him, How did you become a great skier? He says, It means you get up at five when it's cold by yourself, it's icy out there, everyone else is in bed, and you work on it. Uh, if you want to be a great chef, how do you be a great chef? You've got to spend hours and hours and hours by yourself in the kitchen. We have such a great staff here, and part of the reason they're such a good staff is they spend all this time by themselves. <laughs> you wouldn't think that's important, but Katie, our children's ministries director, last week it was, it was foggy out, and she, no one, we didn't know if anyone was coming to church, but we decided to put up jump tents, and, and then she did it by herself in the cold. Caleb works on his videos by himself till 11 at night on a Saturday night. God does great things when it's just us, and this is what he's saying. You want to be a great prayer, you go into your... You room and you pray by yourself. A side note here. I I also think that sometimes some of the worst things that happen in our lives can happen when it's just us too. But let's move on. So he says, just pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's an interesting reverse parallel. God sees, but we don't see. But that's okay. God sees, but we don't see. And when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans. For they think they're going to be heard because of their many words. Pagans, uh, people who don't believe in God, often have to incant God's name. Like, you remember, Hocus Pocus. That's like an incantation or a la peanut butter sandwiches. I like that from Sesame Street. You don't have to incant Jesus' name. Dear Lord God, oh, high and mighty, oh, heaven and father of earth, king of all names and name of all kings. No. You could just say the word Jesus or father. He's right next to you. And don't be like them who uh, your father knows. Do not be like them who also use many words cuz your father knows what you want even before he ask him what you need. So then this is what you should do when you pray. And this is what we look at the last seven words first last week and then just look at the next 14. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Now here's the next set of words. Your kingdom come. It really means your kingdom is coming. The kingdom of God is coming. It's bigger, it's better. And it also means this world will come to an end. The kingdom of God is coming. Jesus was always being asked, what is the kingdom of God? And he would have to answer it this way. It's like, well, it's like a widow who looks for a coin all day long. She searches and it's her only coin. And she cleans her whole house from top to bottom. And then at the end of the day, she finds that coin. That's what the kingdom's like. The kingdom, he said, is like a father and a son. And the father and the son are not getting along. And the son says, I'm running away from home. And right before he does, he downloads his father's bank account into his own bank account. And he runs away and he spends all the money on prostitutes and liquor and drugs. And then he runs out of money. And then he decides to come home, but doesn't know that the father is going to like him. And the father's at the head of the driveway and he puts his arms around his son and says, I love you. I'm glad that you've come back. The kingdom is coming, Jesus said. The kingdom is coming, he said, it's, it's like a seed from a mustard tree. It's a tiny seed that grows and grows into the biggest tree in the forest. And you wouldn't think it would come from the tiniest seed, but the kingdom is coming. Now, it's hard to understand what the kingdom is, but we know that this world is coming to an end and something about what he's talking about is going to happen. And it's going to be better than this place. And then he says, and pray this way and say, your will is being done. I was wondering about this line. God knows that his will is not really being done here. So why does he want us to say that? Well, I think it's because he wants to hear that. Sometimes parents just need to hear certain things. Uh, Lyndon Johnson was a little boy. He was living in the hill country of Texas and he was given a bunch of chores to do and his daddy went off to work and He would never do his chores, except half an hour before he'd have all of his friends do all the chores for him. And then at the head of the driveway, he'd be waiting for his father, and his father would be there, and he says, hey, how's it going? And the kid said, Linden said, oh, things are great here. We did everything you asked. Everything. It's all doing well. Now, the father knew that actually it wasn't going well, but it's good that he could hear it. Uh, When we pray, we should just let God know that things are being done according to his will. And sometimes they are, right? Sometimes they are. Your kingdom is coming, your will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. As I said, this is complex stuff, but there are two levels of reality here. We have heaven, and this is a place that is higher than this place. It's where the Father is, it's earthly father, and it goes on and on. And then we have earth here, and it is a place that will come to an end. And yet, somehow, this is connected. When the will of God is done in the world, heaven happens in the earth somehow or another. It's big stuff. But this is the prayer that God wants us to pray. Now I can see your faces and this is how I feel too. I feel like this is algebra. It's like I loved the first day of algebra. It was like A plus B equals C. I was like on that one. You know? <laughs> but then by like the third week it became A times the negative square root of the derivative. And I'm like where did I get lost here? And the Lord's Prayer has that power too. It has a tendency to get complex fast. But the one thing I want to just ask that you would take home with you today is that the, the power of this prayer is huge. The power of the Lord's Prayer is immense, and I encourage you to pray it in your life. Last week I talked about working in this hospital in the neural ICU unit for babies, and I talked about this little baby who passed away. Well, that s- same summer I worked in this neural ICU unit for adults, and everyone on this unit were in a coma, Everyone. So this was my first job at right a seminary. And I got to say, that's like a hard job to be a chaplain to like 150 patients, all of whom are in comas. Because when you're a pastor or a new pastor, you want like feedback. Like after the message, you want to hear, good job, Pastor Graham. That sermon really helped me out today. You want to hear that. I got no feedback all summer long. I would go in, I would pray for people, and then I would go to the next room. And then all summer long, people were in comas. So i got to admit that by the end of the summer, I started to kind of just, I don't know, experiment a little bit with my prayers. And so one time I went in and kind of in a monastic voice, I did the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. Whatever. Because I figured he's in a coma and he really can't like hear, right? Not. (laughs) So I came into his room one day and he is not in his bed. And that can only mean one thing when you have a chart of people. John Williams is not in his bed Figured he'd passed into the next world. So I crossed off John Williams on my list, and there was a voice in the corner that said, who are you looking for? I'm like, John Williams, and he's not here. John Williams is not in his bed. I know John Williams is not in his bed. I crossed him off the list. I am John Williams in this chair. And I want to thank you for praying for me, the Lord's Prayer every day. And I want to thank you for the, for the Gregorian chant that sometimes you would give me in the middle of this prayer. So you sorry. So apparently people in comas can hear, and there is power in this prayer. He believed, and I to this day believe, that somehow he was healed by the praying of this prayer over this guy. So I want to just unpack a little bit more of this prayer for you. It's, again, it's very complex, but I just want to unpack a little more so that we can kind of just try to learn a little bit more about the power of this. But again, the, the line we're looking at today is, God's kingdom is coming. God's kingdom is coming. This world is going to come to an end, and God's kingdom is going to come somehow. So there's this guy named Nathaniel Lane, and he's a prophet, and he's out speaking one day about the kingdom coming, the kingdom is coming, and he comes across this lever in the road, and the lever has a sign by it that says, pull this lever and the world will end. So Nathaniel decides that this is a cool place to hang out and do his little ministry because a lot of people will come, and a lot of people did come. And one day this truck came along, and it it was swerved, and it lost its brakes, and it was about to head into the lever, but it headed into Nate. And the cop came afterwards and asked, why did you hit Nate instead of the lever? And the guy said, well, better Nate than lever. Okay, sorry. (laughs) All right, (laughs) that is the worst joke that I've ever told. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. So the kingdom is coming and it's not something we actually want to hear about, is it? It's not something that we want to bear upon. It's not something we want to hear from especially guys like me because a lot of times guys like me have said it in a very manipulative way. A lot of times pastors say the kingdom is coming. That really means they want to like double their budget and get you to be a member of the church. But that's not what we're talking about here. The kingdom is coming. And by the way, a lot of things, let's look at what it doesn't mean. The kingdom is coming does not mean that we should be afraid of this thing. The kingdom of coming, the kingdom that's coming, does not mean that we know how many will it affect. There are some people say, I know exactly how many people will be affected by this. Also, nobody knows when the kingdom of com, c- kingdom is coming. Nobody knows. The latest uh, theory is that December 2012 is going to be the end of the world. Has anyone heard that lately? I say maybe. But there have been thousands and thousands of predictions before this about the world ending, and none of them have taken place by people who were sure that it was going to happen. Uh, Just a couple of my favorites, Uh, 92 AD, they said it because there were um, some strange planets in the sky, 365 AD, Hilary Poitiers, he was wrong, 1524, some astrologists uh, decided saw a rainbow and said it was it, 1832, Joseph Smith prophet of the church of Jesus Christ said that the world is ending. And then in 1914, 1915, 1918, 1920, 1925, 1941, 1975, 1994, and then I guess 2012. So it means that people don't exactly know when. But I do know this, that the kingdom is coming means this. It means that things are not going to go on as they are forever. They're just not. I um, was watching the news list last week. Did anyone see this big election between the Democrats and the Republicans? And now they're really divided. I thought they were divided before, but now they're apparently really divided. And apparently we're going to have gridlock for another two years. And these guys were saying, yeah, and after that we're going to have gridlock for another four years and gridlock for another eight years, just like we had gridlock in 1980 and all this. It's going to go on forever. Now, I wish they would have invited me, me onto this talk show because I would have said, no, it's not. Because the kingdom is coming, and it's not going to go on forever, this gridlock. You may want it to go on forever, but it's not. It's not. This uh, last week, I trimmed the shrub out front, which is part of the reason I'm a little agitated, I guess. This is like a 19-foot shrub, and you have to get on this 25-foot ladder to do it. And it just uh, needs to be trimmed Uh, twice a year so i've been here five years and now i need i've trimmed it ten times now and it takes like half the day and it was like 99 degrees outside and then i was thinking if i live to 90 that means i'm going to have to trim this shrub 180 times but then i got really depressed thinking about the guy who's going to live in the house after me and how many times he's going to have to trim it how long is that going to take how many people are going to trim this dumb shrub it's going to go on forever no it's not it's not It's not going to go on forever the kingdom is coming and something better is going to be that god brings about Uh, so that's number one so what are we supposed to do in the meantime you're like great graham thank you for this (laughs) now what (laughs) well here's what all we do is god's will all we do is god's will and what is god's will love one another and love our neighbor that's it love one another and love our neighbor And it's a simple thing to do, and yet it's very hard to do. I heard about this really cool thing that happened in Oregon. Uh, It was at one of these kind of drive-through coffee places. And uh, apparently this guy uh, had to pay for his thing, but he said, I'm going to pay for the guy behind me. And so he paid for the guy behind him. And then that guy paid for the guy behind him. And that guy paid for the person behind him. And it went on 27 times for two hours. And I just want to know who the 28th guy was that did not pay (laughs) for the other guys. (laughs) Somebody get his name. <laughs> but that's a way of, a small way of loving our neighbors. And God is saying, the kingdom is coming, but in the meantime, you just love your neighbors. And love the people you don't like. Love your enemies. Now that's the hard part, isn't it? So at this seminary class, this professor was trying to illustrate this text, this wonderful text. If you do this to the least of these, therefore you do it to me so he had this white piece of paper on all the walls and all the sides of this this classroom and he asked people to draw pictures of their enemies and then he asked people to once they would drawn the picture to throw darts at this uh, picture of their enemy and so this girl drew, drew this picture of this guy who um, she was really mad with and she just went to town with the darts at this white piece of paper she actually felt kind of better afterwards But then the professor had them all sit down and said, now we are going to study the text. As you have done to the least of these, so you have done to me. And the professor ripped off all the white paper on all the walls. And behind it were pictures of Jesus that had been just decimated by the darts. Jesus is saying that to us today. The kingdom is going to come. This won't go on forever. And all you've got to do in the meantime is love one another and love the least of these, just as I have loved you. And when we do that, we do, in some strange way, bring a piece of this heaven to this place called earth. And it happens so easily if we're just willing to be used by God to do that. So it's 90 degrees here, but in Chicago right now, it's like minus 20, and it's freezing and the wind is coming in off the lake. And there are a lot of homeless people in downtown Chicago. And one of these guys sells this publication called Streetwise which uh, homeless people can do in Chicago and they can make money off of it. So this guy gets a cup of hot Starbucks coffee, $3, dollars three fifty or something like that. And he's walking in his parka and he sees this homeless guy and he decides to do something nice for him. So he pulls out a dollar and he gives it to him for this streetwise publication. Well, this homeless guy who's freezing says, do you really want this or can I just keep it and give it to someone else? And the guy's feeling kind of like religious and he decides, you know what, you keep it. And it'll be fine. So you keep that dollar and the paper. And he's feeling really good about himself. So then he then says to the guy, by the way, can I ask you something? How are you doing? Homeless guy goes, how am I doing? I'm freezing. I'm really, 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 really cold. Well, let me pray for you, said the guy. And he put his hand out. Dear Lord, we hope that you warm up this homeless guy. In Jesus' name, amen. Then he walked to the end of the street corner holding his $3 coffee. And he realized that all the guy wanted was his coffee. (laughs) So if we will allow God to use us, we get to bring a piece of this to this place we call earth. God's kingdom is coming. It won't go on and on like this. All we do in the meantime is his will, which is love one another and love God. Let's say this prayer together and we're doing this as we end our message and we're just going to say, I'm going to say a phrase and then ask you to repeat it and then I'll close with a quick prayer. Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom is coming. Your will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you so much for this prayer. We ask that it would work in our lives in a powerful way as it's worked in so many lives before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.